Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That one, like that was the Starlin Castro walk-up music. Yes, 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 yes. Starlin Castro. That's "Ando en la Versace" by Omega. That's what Starlin Castro used because somebody had questioned us on if Anthony Rizzo had taken Starlin Castro's theme song. And this is the this is Rizzo. You know Rizzo's. Here's Rizzo's. See, what yeah, it was, Grody, so. is I was thinking about the clapping because there was the in-sync clapping right. of both songs, you know? Right, but there was a faster clap to Starlin Castro. And shame on me because I was there and listened to it every day. And I couldn't pull it. Uh, but yeah, Rizzo, that song is called Intoxicated. And um, yeah, I like to, like, I went to a Cubs game early. It was one of the San Diego games, actually that they obviously won at Wrigley Field because they swept. And I was just kind of like taking in some of the the peripheral stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's no real, like, the songs are, like, cool that the the walk-up songs, I like some of them, and I listen to some of them. Like, like, um, like Chris Bryant. So Chris Bryant used to do Warm It Up, Chris. And I don't know if he's using it, like, on some days or for some at-bats, but recently he's been going with a bad with some badassery and that is a masked wolf all right we're gonna we're gonna find this one for you but you know the song rolling the deep End, which is like a pretty cool song but like i just i'm just looking for guys to have stuff like what castro used and what rizzo used and have some have some fun like get the fans into it more but you know everybody you know like me, I'd probably do that type. Like, oh, let's play some Pearl Jam. Um, that that's probably what would occur with me too. But it'd be cool to to get a few more character songs in there as well. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier too about Scottie Pippen and this upcoming memoir that he has coming out called Unguarded. It is, by the way, for people wondering, it is this book is to be released on. In November of 2021, um, it sounds like it is reading like from the preview, and hopefully I'll get a sneak preview, maybe, I don't know. Um, It is reading like somewhat of a a tell-all. And some of the stuff, and this is is from what I was talking about with Rob Schaefer, Um, Pippen announced the new memoir with a number of compelling hooks titled Unguarded, the book, which was penned with award-winning sports journalist Michael Arkish. Is he of the Arkishes? I don't know. Um, coming out, yeah, November 16th, to be exact, 2021. 
And this is a quote here from Pippen. The last dance was really more about Michael Jordan than the Chicago Bulls. It was his story, Pippen said via Instagram. This book is mine. Um, Yeah, the, the project promises not only to offer pointed and transparent takes on Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson, and Isaiah Thomas, um, it'll talk about his underprivileged upbringing in Hamburg, Arkansas, and unheralded pre-professional playing days, and he will further address the the 1.8 seconds. So this is like a Pippin rebuttal. I wonder if the, I wonder if the Horace Grant rebuttal will follow too, when Jordan just totally sold out Horace Grant in the Jordan Rules, the Sam Smith book from the 90s, where. Jordan said, oh, that was Horace that told Sam all that stuff. And Horace is like, what? What? Hold on a second. Hold on. That was not me. I do appreciate the the potential rebuttals, which will be coming. But I wanted to hear, since this is the 9 o'clock hour, um, I wanted to hear again Scotty Pippen talking to Teddy Greenstein about being fired as ambassador of the Chicago Bulls. You're an ambassador for the Bulls, is that right? I was. <laughs> Do you still want to associate with them or not? I got fired this year. Whoa! <laughs> Do we know about that? Yeah, I didn't really want to be out in the public, but I'm no longer employed by the Bulls. Okay, okay. Well, Probably it's a good thing, right? Yeah, you're free, man. Absolutely. I, I, honestly. I like, to, I like to associate myself with winning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got fired. I was channeling Beavis and Butthead when I heard that. Uh, yeah, I was fired by those guys. And you could just see the big Scotty Pippen smile arriving there. And that's that's on the Teddy Greenstein podcast. I think I knew he wasn't an ambassador anymore, but I, I didn't realize that, that he had gotten fired. And I, the reason I laugh is because all, all it's like it's like Will Ferrell and the Alex Trebek celebrity all you had to do was show up at the game and drink beer and cheer for the bulls so i don't know something so like he had to have really done something egregious like anti-bulls to have lost that job to have because ultimately that goes back to jerry reinsdorf who seems like he's always loved scotty pippen and always has wanted you know brought him back as a player brought him back as a coach brought him back as an ambassador and now he's been like i i am very curious as to what happened so hopefully hopefully that will arrive in the book at some point in time but that i got definitely fired something. this year whoa <laughs> Uh, I got fired this year. Um, all right, let, let me get this thing back on the back on the road a little bit. Wait, here. do we want to do that, um, Grody? I, I'm pretty sure I have the Bryant song that you were looking for. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is this is what Chris Bryant comes up to the plate for with these days. Go ahead and roll it. What you know about rolling down in the deep when you bring. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a badass song. It's a great song. Rolling the deep end, and not that, not not that song. <laughs> Rolling in the deep end, right? Because when you mentioned that, I was like Adele. It's not yeah, Adele. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, not yeah. Adele. 
Yeah, that's the first. Yeah, that that should be the fact that you admitted that is wonderful right now, Mike Rank. Because I said, you know, that popular song that's out and the roll in the deep. You're like Adele. Um, no, it's actually Masked Wolf, Astronaut, yeah, or something thank you. like that. Yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> now, would you? Did you know that song or no? Uh, the first time I heard it, right there, and then okay, not even when, a, when it, he walks up to the play. I didn't even realize that was a song. Yeah, that's that. Play it again. Play it again. Okay, give me a second. Yeah, uh, but no, he is walking up to this song, and it, I guess it makes sense. The lyrics, like it, the deep end, and hit in the deep end of the park. And this is the new Chris Bryant. But yeah, uh huh. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people. Yeah, that's a song that'll give you a few more minutes on your on your daily treadmill too. I just like warming up, Chris, for him. You know, I want that song in my ears when I'm running, but I I want warming up, Chris, when Chris Bryant is coming to the play. Maybe that's just like symbolic of all that Chris Bryant is now. You've changed, Chris. Um, like because you know he's not. Hey, he's not playing, man. This is like he is all business. You know, playing like an MVP. You know, getting ready for free agency. You know he's not going to sign any kind of a, a long-term deal or extension with the Cubs in season. That is, that ain't happening. That is, I can't report this officially, but I'll say it confidently. That is off the table. And Chris Bryant is going to have many choices to make or many teams from which to choose, I should say. Not multiple decisions. He's going to make one decision, and that's where he wants to play baseball for the next seven to ten years of his life. And I have said this before about Chris Bryant. It's He does a as seemingly transparent as Chris Bryant has always been because he's always been pretty accessible, and now he's even more honest it's really hard to get a gauge on whether or not he truly wants to stay with the Cubs. Um, he says the right things. He loves Chicago. He'd love to be here. That's not up to me. That's up to other. But really, he may not mean a word he says. He may have decided. <laughs> Do you still want to associate with them or not? I got fired this year. <laughs> uh, I got fired and stuff. Pfeffin. But Chris Bryant, we don't know really what he's thinking. We know what he's saying, but you know, in this in this world, business is business, and Scott Boris is Scott Boris, and Chris Bryant is his own damn man, and he is. I don't know if he like wants all the the you know to be a continue to be a hero in Wrigleyville and with the Cubs, and you know. Play the rest of his career in a Cubs uniform. We just don't know what what he wants or what he is into in terms of we like we know Anthony Rizzo would like to stay with the Cubs. Like he 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 like plays the part of the current Mr. Cub very well in that he he speaks the language and all of that, and you know that he would like to be a Cub for life. I don't know that about Chris Bryant. Like there's just more indicators from things that Rizzo says that he'd love to be here forever. Chris Bryant may have said it, but I, it doesn't feel as genuine from the place that Chris Bryant is coming from. What are you thinking, Mr. Chris Bryant? We just we just don't know. We don't know where where things stand 
in his brain. But I, but I can't wait to find out. But in the meantime, we will continue to stay in the moment. And the Cubs are off tomorrow, home against St. Louis on Friday afternoon. And coming up next on this very here version of this Mark Rohde show, there will be a Les Grobstein coming up next. Because 11 years ago today, Patrick Kane made one of the biggest goals in Blackhawks history to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. In Philadelphia, the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. Nobody knew it was in the net, but guess who was there? Les Grobstein. He will share his his memories of that Blackhawks team and that Blackhawks goal from his time in Philadelphia. And then who knows what direction Grobber and I go. I'm Mark Crody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I was there. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Here's Campbell handing on to Kane again. Lots of head fakes there trying to shake team in it. Drew went across the stage. Oh my, it rattled around and it kicked on back and it scored. We saw no light, we saw no signal, and we're not sure if they've set a signal of a goal yet, but they are celebrating at the other end of the ice. What chaos. What happened? That's unbelievable, man. Doc Emmerich on NBC. I'm Mark Grody. That was June 9th, 2010. The Patrick Kane phantom-like goal when the Blackhawks, they did, they won the game. They beat Philadelphia 4-2 in the 2010 Stanley Cup Final giving the Blackhawks their first championship since 1961. It was the fourth overall. Yeah, there were there was another cup with the Blackhawks before that 2010 year. I know it's like tw- like 2010 is so dominant now in Blackhawks history that we all of a sudden start to forget about what happened before that. Too bad for all those ambassadors. Uh unlike Scottie Pippen, who's just living life, man. Um but that was a great incredible you know where you were when it occurred and it was 11 years ago today when that Patrick Kane just unbelievable goal was scored and only Kane knew that it went in the net I got the grobber Les Grobstein of score overnight joining me right now he was in Philadelphia what do you remember grobber about that moment and thanks for coming on buddy well none of us knew it went in we know Kane knew he knew immediately it was in and the first thing I thought was, well, they're going to have to review this. They're going to have to do a replay. Oh. And then when we did see the replay, that puck was clearly in the net. And uh, we knew the goalie knew. Um, and then we found out, yeah, it was in there. And uh, all the Hawks were celebrating. And none of the uh, Flyers were really going to uh, complain. And they were not demanding a replay because they also eventually knew it was over. But when it happened... We were not sure. There was no way any of us could see it. Now, here's the other thing about that night. The Hawks had uh, gone ahead three games to two in Chicago. Now came that sixth game in Philadelphia at the Wachovia Center. And about maybe two hours, maybe a little more than two hours before the drop of the puck, I was downstairs in the main concourse, and I was talking to a couple of Chicago fans, a couple of Blackhawk fans wearing Blackhawk sweaters. And there were 
oh, I don't know, maybe about uh, 500 to 800 Hawk fans that were there that got tickets for the game. And I'm talking to them. All of a sudden, a Flyer fan wearing an orange Flyer uniform comes up to the three of us and goes up to one Hawk fan wearing a Hawk sweater, took a dollar bill out of his pocket, hands it to him and says, here, this is for uh, Kane's cab fare. You know about that situation, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Going back to when he allegedly, like, what, punched a cab driver? Well, supposedly they got into it. And yeah. so the guy gave it to him. Of course, the Hawk fans, they kind of chuckled. And I pointed to him. I said, hey, that's cute. That's real cute. I said, just because of what you did, you're going to get eliminated tonight. The Blackhawks are going to win this game. And Patrick Kane... He's going to score the game-winning goal. To oh, no, you, you didn't. No, yes, you I didn't did. say that. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't. Are you make Now, I believe you on this. Did you really say Kaner? Come on. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Who, well, that's who because that ju- guy had talked about Kane. He said this is for his cab fare. Who was the gentleman again? You say he was a security guy or a media relations? I'm just trying to figure no, out what No, it was a fan. Did. It was a flyer oh, fan. Oh, it was a fan. The, the gates oh, okay. had already been opened. Wow. That's amazing. So, and when I said you're going to get eliminated tonight, and Kane's going to score the game-winning goal, and he chuckled and he turned around, walked away. The Hawk fans kind of—they said, "Boy, we hope you're right." I said, "They'll beat these guys here, and they're going to shut them up." <laughs> and um, you know, the, the last time the Hawks had even met the Haw- uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in the playoffs, uh, Philadelphia was still a relatively expansion. It was 1971. The Flyers and the original six expansion teams, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Blues, the Minnesota North Stars, the Oakland Seals, and the L.A. Kings all came into the league in 1967-68. And I remember that vividly. And uh, in 71, the Hawks played one of those expansion teams for the first time in the playoffs, and it happened to be Philadelphia, and they beat them four games to none. And it was uh, game four when they eliminated him was in the spectrum. And the Hawks had started to pull away. Bobby Hull had scored a couple of goals to uh, turn it into a blowout. And the wonderful Philadelphia fans started sh- uh, just shelling the uh, the ice with eggs. Jesus. Yeah, they are something there. There is no doubt about it. Now, um, these are fans yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, the spectrum, which is no longer there, now the... Uh, uh, Wells Fargo Center, it used to be called the Wachovia Center. That's located right in the same area. So are the uh, uh, baseball stadium and the football stadium, the Lincoln Financial Center mm-hmm. and everything else. They're all right there. I've been there. And yep. what was pretty interesting was um, in that spot, uh, that was where uh, they ended up getting uh, that uh, game-winning goal and, and ended up winning the cup. All right, check me out here, Grover, because we're behind the curtain a little bit when it comes to being a reporter or one who is covering a game. One of the most stressful parts of covering a game is the post game. And sometimes it can be tricky getting to where you need to go, whether it's at Wrigley where there's no elevator access and you're literally amongst the fans walking downstairs. And if you don't leave early, like there's strategy involved with the post game and you really got to get your stuff. Like there is a, as, as fun of a job as it is and as exhilarating as it can be, post game reporter work can be very stressful. So let me ask you, what were the logistics like 
in that championship winning moment for the Blackhawks, their first cup since 1961, were you already halfway down when that goal was scored to get on? No, we stayed in the press. But hey, definitely not because that game could have gone for another hour or hour and a half or whatever. And so uh, the goal was scored. The Hawk fans that were there were going crazy. The Flyer fans were stunned. And I was with uh, Matt Spiegel and Dan McNeil, mm. who was still with us mm. at that time. And okay. we got into, there was an elevator right there in the press box, and we took you, it downstairs. Spiegs and, and McNeil, okay. And when we were in the press box, when we were starting down, McNeil turns to me and he says, they just won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, again, the last time that they had won a cup was 1961. I was nine years old, and I was watching when they beat the uh, Detroit Red Wings at the Olympia on Channel 9. Lloyd Pettit was doing color that year. He mm. became the play-by-play announcer the next season. Johnny Gottsleeg was doing play-by-play, and they ended up uh, winning it that way. That was 60, 1971. That was the year they beat the Flyers four games to none. Then they had an epic seven-game series with the Rangers, who they won over by seven games. And then they were favored to beat Montreal. They won the first two games at Chicago Stadium, had the lead in game three, then got clobbered in game four, but they blew the lead in both games. And then uh, they came to Chicago and got a shutout, went out there for a game six, and they lost by a late goal by Frank Mahovlich. And then we know what happened in game seven. They had a two-to-nothing lead. Bobby Hull then hit the crossbar. If that goes in, you know, because he had Ken Dryden beat on the play, and Dryden was not even a rookie then. He became a rookie. That he won the Calder the next year. He won the Cup before he even won the Calder. So what ends up happening? The uh, All of a sudden, there's a goal scored from center ice by Jacques Lemaire that uh, fluttered past Tony Esposito, and it cut it to 2-1. to one. And then the absolutely hated uh, Henri Richard, uh, that's... Uh, uh, Maurice Richard's younger brother, Henri Richard, he scores a goal to tie it up, and he gets a goal early on in the third period as he came off the ice, took a pass, got by Keith Magnuson, and he beat Tony Esposito, and the 3-2 to two lead stood up. The Hawks came so close to tying it up. There was one shot by Stan Makita to hit the crossbar, hit the post, caromed around, and... Uh, Kent Dryden was both good, and he was also lucky. He was very lucky as well. But uh, Hawks didn't win another cup after that until what happened uh, nine years ago. Thanks for that that little piece right there. That sidebar that you just gave us was deluxe. Did I, like I tell that. you what I, I like did that. when I when I, I I was 19 years old uh, when they uh, I was sitting in the organ loft with uh, the late great Al Malgard, who was their organist. And he always used to let me, I, rather than sit in the press box, I sat there. And I was allowed to, and I, I was, believe it or not, I was a young uh, credentialed reporter. And I was there. When that game ended, and they ended up losing 3-2, to two, I headed home. I can't tell you what I was yelling to myself in my own car because <laughs> I was so furious. I right. got home on the north side of Chicago, went into the backyard, I grabbed a Royal typewriter. It was not an electric one. It was an old-fashioned one. And I held it over my head, and I slammed it into the ground in the backyard. And that thing has not typed a figure since then. I smashed it. My God. Is it, does it exist still? It's, it exists, but it doesn't work. 
Ah, so you have it in the house, in the Grabber house still. Yeah, I just had it, uh, I took it and I, I basically destroyed it because I was so furious. Oh, yeah, I know you destroyed it, but you still you still have it. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, but it doesn't no? work. It doesn't work. Hey, well, why do you have it still? Um, Just never uh, never got rid of it. Never thought to get rid of the darn thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. No, I just, like, because you despised it so much, I just thought maybe you would want it out. We of all hated head. the Montreal Canadiens in those days, and, uh, you know, ironically... Uh, they're the only team left from Canada. No team from Canada has won the Stanley Cup since 93, and that was Montreal, and they beat Wayne Gretzky and the L.A. Kings in the finals that year. That pisses them right off in Canada, doesn't it? Oh, gosh, yes. I've got friends who live up in Montreal. I have lots of friends who live up that way, and, uh, yeah, it ticks them off big time, even though there's a lot of Blackhawk fans up their way. I know a lot of fans in Montreal that I knew were rooting for the Hawks to beat the Philadelphia Flyers in that Stanley Cup final, which, of course, they did. And a friend of mine, Elliot Price, he was the English play-by-play announcer of the Montreal Expos the last few years. He still lives up there, and he hates the Canadians. He's a native of Montreal, still lives there. He's a Blackhawk fan. And boy, did he uh, hate Montreal beating the Hawks at the time when they did, and he loved it when they won the Cup uh, nine years ago. And, of course, then they won it again in 2013 over Boston and 2015 over Tampa Bay. And they haven't won a playoff series since that time, unless you want to count that play-in series last year when they beat Edmonton. (laughs) That was bogus, and it was fake, and it wasn't real. Um, But... I would, and this is why we should stay in the past for the Blackhawks for now, because I want to ask you one more question about the 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 game-winning goal, and not the goal, but at the the post game of the Blackhawks winning the title in their 2009-2010 team. So Matt Spiegel always talks about how he stole a, the mash peg. He stole a mash peg from the afterwards and i don't know mcneil said he i think he's grabbed a bag of pucks or something what did you take from philadelphia i didn't take anything like that all i did was uh um had my uh, program my uh, uh the stack of uh stats and it wasn't a stat it was, it was uh, stapled together and held on to all that and uh, of course i still have my scorebook which uh to this day, I still utilize, and uh, it has them winning uh, three cups in there. Wow. And you, so you didn't even grab, like, a, some ice shavings or try to drag the net out of there or something? The only time I did something like that was the last year the Blackhawks played in Chicago Stadium. And they got beat by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in a playoff game, one to nothing, and we knew that was going to be the last time the stadium would be used for hockey. And I was on the ice afterward to walk around because uh, we had to go downstairs at the old Chicago Stadium. And a lot of people threw quarters on the ice. So I grabbed a bunch of those and uh, I just took those and kept them in a cup on the side here. Would you believe, now you got me thinking because like, I assumed you would have grabbed something in Philly or whatever championship No, we had to saw. act. The pro- we were acting uh, professional. I, I, I didn't okay. think that it was something that I needed to do at that point. No, and, and honestly, like, I'm thinking back now to covering the Cubs in 2016. I never did any of that. I never 
got anything from anywhere other than the stuff that I was given, you know? So it was like, it's weird now that I think back. I never like... Nor did I. Nor did I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's because, I think it's because, like, you're so into your... Like, you know that, again, behind the broadcast curtain... When we're covering games, especially big ones, you're, you're all, your entire mentality is about the job and the work and being where you need to be and, and being just like you're in, a, you're in a zone as a reporter when you're covering. Like, it's so different, I mean, for obvious reasons, than when you are sitting there as a fan in the stands from being a reporter that sometimes I don't recognize it anymore from the fan standpoint. You know, like, I'm glad I went the other day, but I'm like, it's just so different. And I, I and that's why I guess I didn't think to grab like some dirt in Cleveland or a few blades of gra- or whatever I could have gotten my hands on. It's because we're so into the job, right, Robber? No question. You have too many things to worry about, too many things to do. And like I said, um, they could, uh, you know, if it would have been done maybe about uh, four or five years prior to that, but the newer management many of which are still there, they wouldn't have been, uh, they, they would have been pretty uh, pretty upset with you if you'd have got uh, caught. They, they were basically uh, do-gooders is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, by the way, I need to read this list here uh, real quick, and we'll, then we'll get into some other topics here. I'm Mark Grody with Les Grobstein for, for a little while longer. Check out this roster the Blackhawks had in 09 and 10. This is going to just crush Blackhawks fans because there's not a bad name. Taves, Kane, Sharp, Keith, Bolin, Bufflin, Hosa, Versteeg, Seabrook, Jalmerson, Troy Brower, Brent Sopel, Thomas Kopecky. Well, we can scratch him off the list. Andrew Ladd, Brian Campbell, Ben freaking punch you in Campbell the face. Campbell got eager. the only assist on that Kane goal, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not. I, that's great trivia right there. Um, the, the goal itself is so dominant that you don't think about the assist. I bet most people wouldn't get that. But you're grobber. Brian Bickle, Colin Fraser, Nick Boynton, Adam Burrish, and then some guy by the name of Jordan Hendry. <laughs> so they lost that... a lot of those guys right after they won that first of the three cups. Uh, well, it was because just they were so, they were over of the losing. salary cap, and they right. had to get. I mean, the first person they got rid of was Dustin Bufflin, and they sent him to the Atlanta Thrashers, who That's since right. moved up to Winnipeg and became the new Winnipeg Jets, and he has not played the last couple of years with them. But uh, they have not really had a good, solid, sizable, uh, talented player that could uh, do things in the uh, crease since Dustin Bufflin. But and then they got rid of others as well. Uh, well, like right. I mean, it was they, just got a pain. they got Speaks back uh, after that and others that they brought back Spiegs? as well. Not not Chris, Chris, no, not, not Chris Speak uh, or Chris Spiegel. Chris Spiegel, who name some of the players that you just named? Okay, um, yeah, we'll we'll get you, we'll get you where you need to go. Bolin, Bufflin, Hosa, Versteeg. Versteeg was the of? guy that they, they got rid of him okay. and then they re- reacquired him a couple of years. That's later. right. Yeah, they did that with a couple of guys. Um, Patrick Sharp. Uh, um, jo- no, Jalmerson hasn't come back. I'm trying to think. Remember, John ironically, Madden? when they got Patrick Sharp originally, that was in a trade that they had made a couple of years earlier with Philadelphia. Didn't oh, didn't Andrew Ladd come back for like a second? Yeah, or he no? did. Yeah, he okay. did. Okay, Andrew Ladd. Yeah, he and came Johnny back. And Johnny Oduya came back also a second time. Campbell, he was a he was a comebacker, right? Yep. He he was gone and came back. Yeah, he he did. 
Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any other guys. So you're right. That was Hosa gone. Siebes. And they got rid of Dale Talon, yet they, they gave him a ring, among other things. But uh, he was let go because Stan Bowman, uh, basically his dad, Scotty Bowman, everybody felt uh, that he was the guy in charge of really, and he was the real reason that uh, they got rid of him. They claimed, no, he made too many mistakes, cost him a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But everybody could see that that whole thing reeked from Stan Bowman being there, that he just basically took care of his son. And uh, uh, Stan Bowman is still there, and Scotty Bowman had everything to do with it. Were you talking about, I, I'm sorry, I was like, I, my brain was in two different places. Were you talking about Bowman having the power to fire Dennis Savard? Is that what you were talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, that, that okay. was Scotty Bowman. That was Scotty right. Bowman. Right, people thought that that was what he advised Stan to do. Like that was the advice, because he's in an advisory role, and why wouldn't and his son take his advice? And they brought in and a lot of us were thinking, what the hell is all this? And Quinville right. had never won anything in a playoff situation before. Well, he I'll be damned if he wasn't right. Then he gets dismissed, and uh, Jeremy Colleton named the coach. He's still there, and uh, they haven't won a real legitimate playoff series since. But, of course, it's a very young team. Today, the Blackhawks have the youngest team in the NHL. Hey, Les, can can you hang on through the break, or you got to go get ready for your no, show? No, go ahead. All right, we'll take a quick break. Grody and Grobber back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. You're an ambassador for the Bulls, is that right? I was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still want to associate with them or not? I got fired this year. Whoa! <laughs> Do we know about that? Yeah, I didn't really want to be out in the public, <laughs> but I'm no longer employed by the Bulls. Uh, I was fired. Oh, yeah! <laughs> fire, uh. fire. Fire! Mark Rohde with Les Grobstein for a few more minutes. Les is, of course, the score overnight host. He will have his show coming up in two we hours. We got in for that. Is... You suck at uh, 1 o'clock a.m. later nice. tonight slash early in the morning. That's beautiful, man. Um, all right. that's For that, you suck. So if somebody did something horrible... That means that they suck, and then That's you say that, That's not like right? Bum of the Week. Bum of the Week is an election, and it has to be one specific person by name. And for that, you suck is not an election. You could, uh, if you want to name more than one person or name an organization or name a team or anything like that, you could do that then, too. So it's a little So looser. it's limitless. Yeah, anything can suck. And, and for, for that, that you, uh, suck. you suck is that way, and that's what we're doing later on tonight slash in a few hours. What did you think about that Scotty Pippen getting fired as an ambassador last year? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, you, you got a different uh, organization. You you got new people running the show. Uh, it's not uh, uh, Garpax, whatever. I think most people, uh, you know, John Paxson still is technically in the organization. But yes. uh, he is, um, you know, Gar Foreman was the first guy that they got rid of after uh, Karnaschovich was uh, named to run the team. I got fired this year. Whoa! <laughs> Can you believe that, though? Uh, yeah, but again, uh, I think they just they just felt like uh, maybe they thought he was in the way and they just needed to change the whole organization, which they did. 
he had to have done something like really insulting to the organization to have gotten fight. Like Scottie Pippen is one of Chicago's and the Bulls' favorite sons of all time, right? Yeah, he's an icon he, in and, Bulls history. But yes, again, you, and, and you had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were on all six teams that won championships. And by yeah. the way, people can talk about LeBron or talk about anybody else they want. Uh, LeBron has lost several times in the twice with Miami they lost in the NBA Finals uh, one time with uh, Cleveland in fact a couple of times with Cleveland the Bulls have never lost in the NBA Finals they were there six times and they won all six of them oh wow by the way I don't know maybe I misspoke but one of us must have because from the 773 it says hey Mark can you or less do math the Hawks Stanley Cup was 2010. It's 2021 now. That's 11 years ago, not nine years ago. If I said nine years ago, I did mean 11 years ago because it was 11 years ago today. It clearly that the was Hawks... 11 years, no doubt. Right, right. So I guess one of us misspoke. And it wasn't me, so that leaves you. I, it was me. I said it. <laughs> okay. I appreciate you taking the hit there, Grober. Thank you. Um, and then somebody was questioning... Your memory, oh yes, yeah, as Grober is a liar. If you believe that story about Kaner, you still believe in Santa Claus. Well, uh, there were a couple of Hawk fans there that uh, were standing there, and they heard me say it to, to that Philadelphia fan. And switch. Uh, if the guy doesn't yeah. believe it, uh, fine. That's that's his problem because KMA. it did happen. It did happen. Yep. Amen. KMA is I what I I talked like about it say. that night because I did my overnight show from Philadelphia at the Media Hotel. I did my show all that night, and uh, I did mention that. You got the receipts, baby. Speaking of receipts, what has been your take on the Cubs and what they should do ahead of the trade deadline on July 31st? Look towards the future or add on, Grober. What if they say look a, ahead to, toward the future? That's the last thing they should be doing right now. They're in first place by a half a game. By the way, the Brewers did lose to the uh, Reds seven to three, and they've been uh, a hotter team than even the Cubs lately. But uh, mm. they finally got beat seven to three in this contest. And uh, I guess Cincinnati has Joey Votto back, and that <laughs> that kind of woke them up because they've been they've been one of the coldest teams in the league. And the Brewers uh, ended up, uh, you know, losing for the first time in uh, over a week. So the bottom line is, uh, um, right now, people are saying, oh, they, they've got to make this trade, or they got to do this, they got to add this. Everybody keeps saying that every night on the show, over the night show, I get that all the time. Why? Why? They're red hot right now. Yeah, but the question is, Les, can they win a World Series. Can they can they do can they win a playoff series with the team that they have against the teams that they would go up against? They That's can. The they question. can also get knocked out in the first round. That that it's that type of goofy situation. Yeah, they they could get eliminated immediately. There's no guarantee that they're even going to make the playoffs. They have owned San Diego since they started uh, playing them first time. They swept them at Wrigley Field three times, and they just got through taking two or three there. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, they beat them up pretty good. But the Giants, who are the first-place team in the American League, or the National League West, I should say, um, the Cubs are very fortunate that they didn't get beat uh, all four games of that series. They lost three of four. So they're going to play a lot. They, they still have a very, very difficult schedule coming up. Now, they have been a great home team. They've got a great home record. 
they have a mediocre road record, even though, uh, yeah, they did okay coming out of this trip. But the bottom line is they, uh, uh, they're coming home to Wrigley Field. They're going to play a slumping Cardinal team over the weekend. And St. Louis right now, after they lost Flaherty, their best starting pitcher, they have kind of like uh, hit the wall. They've been terrible. And uh, that said, uh, they're playing, uh, the Cardinals are playing tonight against the Cleveland Indians in them. They have a pretty big lead, so there's a very good, very good chance uh, that, uh, let me double check on that, uh, the Cardinals playing uh, interleague competition and playing the Cleveland Indians, and they are winning in the eighth inning 8-2 to two over Cleveland. Okay. So that's good news right. for the White Sox, by the way. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, all right, so you got for that, you suck, coming up tonight. What else, what will you be blasting off with tonight in the midnight hour? Well, uh, the Cubs are heading home. Uh, they might have landed already. I mean, the, the, they don't have to circle around uh, when they get near O'Hare. The team planes, and I know for a fact team charter flights, they get uh, basically preferential treatment. And the air traffic control, uh, they let them come right into the uh, airport. So on their way to O'Hare, they will come right in, they will land, and their flights will be a lot shorter. So the Cubs may have already even landed, as far as we know. And then uh, they have an off day, and then they play the Cardinals on uh, Friday. And they're going to have their first uh, complete sellout, 100%. And they're still selling a few tickets, and I guess we've been talking about that, and we'll talk about that a little bit overnight as well. That sounds... Awesome, Grober. Grober, I cherish you. I thank you for coming on and doing this before you have your own show. Always fun, my friend. And hopefully I talk to you soon. Yeah, maybe. well, someday we'll talk uh, on the weekend. We occasionally we get a chance to do that. Uh, but have fun when uh, you and Rosie uh, have your uh, <laughs> show. And be, be, every time you do Rosie's show with him, you got to make sure you tell him he sucks. He requests it. He <laughs> He absolutely he wants everybody to tell him he sucks. That's right. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of And you the know bloom. that's true because you, you've been working with him quite a bit on and off. Yes, a long time. You're right, on and off for a long time. Grabber, the Wake and Bake Show. <laughs> that's right, the WB Show. The WB Show indeed, my friend. Well, I hope that uh, your overnight, uh, the audiences, it seems like they've been... Uh, Getting back to prime grobber listening audience again, huh? Just just bringing them in, huh? Well, we've had uh, a pretty good uh, situation like that for a while anyway. We've been kind of fortunate. So we'll try You're to keep the best. it going. You're the best, grobber. Talk to you soon, man. Mark, talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. It's very hard to get off the phone with Les. I mean, even though we're on the radio, like, it's just... Because he says stuff that I find interesting, and then we go back and forth, and I got to know, and then there's sidebars, you know, whether it's the 1961 Blackhawks when we were talking about 2010 Blackhawks, that's a possibility. Um, and then telling me how charter flights work, like we needed that little sidebar. I was on a charter flight for three years, but no, Grabber was explaining to the audience, so, and he's right, there is... It, the charter flights are awesome. That's it. That's all I'll say. It's been a fun night tonight. Thank you to Les Grobstein for coming on. We do thank Bulls writer Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago for coming on 
with us here tonight. I definitely thank you guys for calling and texting and listening and being a big part of the show and our sports lives. And thank you to Mike Rankin for producing this show here tonight. Very busy day at the score. Have a great day. I'll be on tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, with Bernstein Rahimi. I'll also be back on in this time slot tomorrow night from 7 to 10, right here on 670 The Score. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Well, see you later. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.